Uh, you know, God's working. Amen. Uh, any other praises and prayer requests? Jason? It, it's, it's bad. Um, any other? Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, I, it, I have a, well, right now is probably as good time as any. Um, I've been trying to get a hold of a leader when it would fit her schedule to come because we have a, we have a presentation to make. So if James will come up here and Miss Alita comes up here, we will we will give James his, his gift. Come on, James. I want you to wear this. So I've been giving you a little. I'm not ready for this. Oh yeah, you Chicken, 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 chicken. <laughs> and the chicken down there was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But all of us came together and we became a good family. We became a family. And Jerry always asked the question, where do you see God? Where do you see God? At the end of the day, where do you see God? And I saw God so much in these people that you guys, that you call pastor, that you call, I'm not sure, are you a deacon? Well, you should be. <laughs> or my next guy. Um, but I saw God in there, and they just welcomed me like family, and I appreciate these guys. Um, I've been known Jerry to take them, but um, he's a great pastor, he's a great leader. And just to bring this shirt and to put everything together, it was great. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, we're just adding to it, bro. <laughs> Uh, anyway, now that that's over, the, the, I wished I'd had the video somewhere. I have pictures. We did the uh, the Good Samaritan, you know, where the that that man put the, put the guy that was hurt on the donkey. James put on a donkey suit, huh? Oh, is that? Well, we're gonna have to put it up and let everybody see that because he comes in on the all fours. With that donkey suit on, he hawing and jumping, and the little kid that was on the ground that was being the uh, the one who was fell upon by the by the muggers or whatever, he wanted no part of the donkey. <laughs> I picked him up and was gonna set him on the donkey, and he was fighting. <laughs> and then when I told him just reach his hand out, the pet no, them kids didn't want nothing, nothing to do with it. So they go out, and I ask him. I said, uh, I said, okay, what did y'all learn? Every one of them, the donkey, you know. Uh, I said, do you want me to bring the donkey back in? I said, they said, yes. I said, all right. I said, y'all going to ride him? No. <laughs> but uh, but it, was, it was fun. Uh, he was the only one that could fit the donkey outfit. And uh, that led to a, a conversation back at the mission house that we will save for a later time. Uh, nicknames and things like that for James in the donkey suit. So, uh, it, Tears come to your eyes when you find out what his nickname was after the donkey suit. But uh, I'm not going to bring it from the pulpit, I promise. Uh, but anyway, with that being said, what a, what a blessing it is to be able to, to come together and laugh and enjoy and, and at the same time be able to honor each other's testimony. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Lita and James, they were wonderful with children. Uh, especially Lita, that's her calling. I mean, she, uh, she has a private school and a daycare, and if you have little ones or looking for, uh, that's where you want to go because you don't have to worry about your children. You can go about your business, and they're going to be well taken care of and loved, and they're going to know the Word of God. They will teach it there. And uh, I'm so proud that we met her. I'm so proud that she was an influence on Tatham's life because Tatham knows the Lord. Don't you, boy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in fact, his nickname at daycare was Pastor. <laughs> but yes, it was. Don't shake it. Anyway, uh, any other praises, prayer requests, updates? All right, let's go to Lord in prayer.
Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing for us. I thank you for the families that you bring together. Lord, I thank you uh, that James is healed enough to, to return to Honduras. And Lord, I ask you to bless that whole mission team and their, and their, their journey. Uh, also, the, the work that they will do. And Lord, uh, may we, when we go in September, build upon that. Lord, I just love you and I know that you're going to be in control of all things. We give you the praise and the glory and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, if you would stand with me. Page 61. Great is the Lord.
Well, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to readjust this, Kathleen. I'll take a breath and it... I don't want to blow the eardrums out. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. Uh, last week I preached about, you know, us uh, withholding and stealing from Jesus, not only our, with our resources and our time, but, uh, but with our motives and our attitudes and how we should be... Um, True, and, and when we give our time to God, are we cheating Him with our with our devotion to Him? And so today, uh, I'm going. The Lord has moved me to John chapter 14, and it's it's going to be uh, the greatest text <laughs> on the work of the church. Um, and so, we're going to start in verse 12 and go to verse 14. It says, Verily, verily, this is the Lord Jesus speaking, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whosoever ye shall ask, or whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that, uh, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, in verse 15, keep my commandments. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this. Lord, I thank you for the promises that are, that are withheld within these few verses. That not only the disciples had, but that we have, that we can carry out with us every day. And know that, that our promise and our faith is, not, is well founded that we have a future beyond this that we see here. Lord, I love you and I ask you to open this up to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Alright, there's five things we're going to talk about. Uh, the church's preparation is through faith. In verse 12, it says, Verily may I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. He that believeth. A lot of people read this when you put it all in context. Uh, these disciples, you know, was they were gonna, thought they were going to scatter. They thought that the world was over with. It says, most assuredly, if you read a different translation, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than uh, these he will do because I go to my Father, and whether, uh, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Most assuredly, Jesus, Jesus began the first of three promises to the disciples. Now we are grafted in because of our belief in Jesus Christ, so hence we are disciples, followers of Christ. Most assuredly, uh, Jesus is telling them, uh, he began first with, with these three assurances uh, to his disciples on the night of his departure. The first assurance answered their fear. This is not the end. They thought this was the end. Christ was being crucified. Christ was being buried. They thought this was the end of their ministry. They had relied upon Him. And, uh, and so the work is over and, we're, and we all got fired. That's what they're thinking. You know, this work is over with. Christ died and we all got fired. Uh, but they didn't. What they didn't understand, and they did not get fired. They got promoted. They got promoted 
and promoted to greater things. Think about that. We got promoted. We became followers of Christ. We believed on Him and we got promoted. We went from being sinners to being a peculiar priesthood. Each one of us has a job. And each one of us needs to do that job. Uh, he who believes on me, Jesus has encouraged the disciples to trust in and to trust in and rely on and cling to him in faith because of who he is, the words he spoke, and the miracles he has done. Now Jesus described the benefit of blessing that comes to one who believes. Now these disciples, they thought it was over with because they seen his works. They were with him. They didn't have to do a whole lot. They watched him. We have never seen Jesus Christ. Yet we're doing the same work that they're doing. We're advancing the kingdom. Now the funny thing that you're going to find out is there's no word for works. There's no word for works. It's things. Things is a better translation. The things that you will do will be greater than the things I've done. Not talking about walking on water because if that's what it was meant, that you will do greater things and some people think that's what it is. How many people have you seen walk on water? How many people have you seen stand in the middle of a boat and calm the storm? How many people have you seen cast out demons of a flock of pigs? Those are not necessarily the things that he did. Now, since his departure, people have been raised from the dead. What he's talking about, the disciples and us doing, is taking the gospel farther than it's ever been before. Farther than where Jesus took it. Do you realize that on the day of Pentecost, when uh, Peter preached, and over, it says over 5,000 came? Did you know that that's more than all the people that came to Jesus when he was on the earth ministry? One day. One day. So that was what he was talking about. Pass the gospel on. Our job is evangelism. He that believeth. The church's prerogative is to do the main work of evangelism. That's our prerogative. That's our blessing. Think about that. God Almighty, through His Son Jesus Christ, has gave the church, i.e. you, me, the prerogative to be able to share the gospel and watch God harvest those that will come to him and believe. Have you ever been able to witness to somebody and watch them come to the Lord? It's an amazing thing. Tears flow, not only in theirs, but in yours because of the joy you know that you, that brother and that sister is not going to perish in hell. They're going to spend eternity in the presence of God Almighty and Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? They give us everyday normal people who are made in the image of God. He give us that prerogative as a church body to share the gospel. Now, listening to the mainstream media and listening to what's going on in the world, Christianity is in decline in the United States. Why is that? Why is that? Because we, the church, has sat on our hands and advocated our role to be the moral, responsible, and just people of this world. We haven't done it. The reason we had Roe v. Wade, the reason we had prayer taken out of the school is because the church sat still and quiet. 
We might have been the moral majority, but we also were the silent majority. Now I'm stomping on my toes. I'm stomping on the toes of my mom and dad and my grandparents. And I'm stomping on those today that are sitting here. And that's not my purpose in this. My purpose to this is to tell you we have faith in a God who created this world. And it is our prerogative and privilege to share that faith. And if we're not doing that, we can go back to last week's thing on Malachi. We're cheating God out of what he has gave us. Remember, we're going to stand before him one day and we're going to give an account of everything we've done with the gift of God. No, we're not going to be tossed in the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment, but we as believers are going to stand before him and our works are going to be put on trial and on fire and whatever's left, if there's anything, will be presented to God. What's your pile look like? Remember, he tells us we're going to be refined like gold. You know how they refine gold? They set it on fire and molt it. And then all the impurities float to the top. And they skim that off and whatever's left is pure gold. Your life's going to be shown before you. And it's not just your life that people are going to see. They're going to see your thoughts. They're going to see your motives behind your actions. That's a scary thing. Because we all, being sinners and we all being human, have those things hid deep down inside of us. Because I know, I know the things that go through in my mind. I know some of the things that are in my heart. And trust me, if they were made public, you people's uh, opinion of me would change. Just if I knew yours. God gifted us with not being able to see the heart of man. We're able to see their actions. We're able to see their actions but the motives. The works I do, he will do. Jesus expressed those who believed in him to carry on his works in the world. Like I said, work is not a word in there at that time. Uh, but he did not expect the disciples to disband after the departure, but to carry on his work uh, in an even greater magnitude, greater than those works that he had done. See, the disciples were able to reach far more people than Christ could in his ministry on earth. We're able to reach far more people today. Think about that. We have 14 countries watching us today. We have 48 states watching us today. Isn't that amazing? Little old church here in outskirts of Pinehurst. Those are the 14 countries that are watching us. And some of the countries that are watching us are deep, deep into Muslim territories. Some of them are deep into communist territories. But yet somebody sitting there has a cell phone or has a laptop or has a tablet. And there's no telling how many people are sitting around listening and watching that. We don't know. I found that out through going to Honduras and Nicaragua and other places in the world. So one person's got a cell phone and there might be 25 people gathered around it listening. And so, greater works than he. He didn't mean greater 
in the sense of more spectacular and sensational miracles. He meant greater in the effect and the reach of who he's talking to. Think about that. There was such a large number that John seen in heaven, he had no number for it. He could not conceive the number. You and I are included in those numbers. And that age-old question that I ask a lot, who is here today because of you? Who is in a church somewhere because of you? Who's not? Who's not in a church somewhere because of you. Oh I know what you used to be. And I know what you thought. You think you're better than me. I've heard all the excuses. You, you got Christ and you think you're better than me. No I got Christ and I know I'm not. Trust me I'm not. What I'm trying to do is tell you. That you don't have to suffer. There's a better way. Your friends will forsake you. The church's privilege is to extend Christ's mission into the whole world. Every church should be mission-minded. Every church should be doing outreach of some sort. We are here. We do. Not only do we go out and, and evangelize individually, and we take special care sometimes and evangelize in groups, but we also send temporary missionaries to foreign countries. We're doing, we're expanding to the whole world. We're evangelizing. The works that I do shall he do also. What did Christ do when he was on earth? He evangelized. He turned the world upside down. He challenged the status quo of things. He challenged the religious leaders of his time who were corrupt. Yes, he paid a heavy price. But the price that he paid was the will of God so that you and I could stand clean before him. And so, the church's power must be through the Holy Spirit. How do you think we do these greater works? Through the Holy Spirit. He told them that my Father would be glorified in the Son. He tells them on Pentecost to tarry. Or before Pentecost, Terry, I'm sending a helper to you. And ever since that time, the Holy Spirit, when someone believes in Christ and someone comes to Jesus, that instantaneous, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They are a new creation. They have a new heart. They are the first miracle that they get to witness. That is them. You're not the same. It takes time, just like, just like when you're a baby. You have to be nurtured. You have to be cared for. You have to have somebody there to feed you and somebody there to, to, to help change you and teach you how to walk and teach you how to talk. You had to have somebody to do that. And as you grew, your diet changed. You went from, from infamil and formula to, to, to Gerber. From Gerber, uh, I guess you would call it pureed food, uh, to start getting a little, solid, a little more solid food. And then eventually you were able to eat solid whole food. Meat and potatoes. That's the way the Christian life is. You come to Christ. Your heart's new. Somebody needs to nourish you. 
until you grow and become a mature Christian where you can contend for the faith. How many of us can contend for the faith? Don't raise your hands. That's a rhetorical question. I would be shocked. Uh, are you prepared to contend for the faith? Are you prepared to share your faith? And your faith is nothing more than your experience with Jesus Christ. How did you come to Christ? What has your life been like since you accepted Christ? Where are you at today in your walk with Christ? Is, do you have a burning ember in here that's smoking hot, glowing red? Or is it crusted over with a little white ash needing to be the bellows blowed back on it and fire you up? Whatever it is. Or is it just about to burn out because you haven't exercised it? You haven't put new fuel to the fire or you've cut the oxygen off of the Holy Spirit feeding that fire. What is it? Only you can answer those questions. But it's our job to go through the Holy Spirit before everything that we do. It's not just prayer because the church's program must be built upon prayer. But we need to be asking the Holy Spirit to fill us and guide us. So that we can accomplish the task. No matter what our occupation is. We're honoring God in that, that he gave us that ability. And he gave us those gifts to be able to perform that, posi that position that we're in. Honor God through that. Use that. That's your mission field. Use that to go and make disciples of the world. Teaching all the nations. That's what our job is. That's our marching order. That's our motto. We should, excuse the pun, we should have that tattooed on our chest. Not that we should tattoo, but I'm just, and it, you know, that's a whole different, I, I didn't even, bad pun. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry I even went there. Uh, hindsight 2020. Uh, but that should be our motto. Every door leading outside of every church in America should today now entering the mission field. We come here, we come here to get revigorated and, and, and enthused and fired up and to go out there and share the gospel. That's what this is about. Yes, we enjoy seeing each other on Sunday. I love seeing y'all. I can look out here and tell who's here and who ain't by who's sitting where. We need to be able to fill these pews with people who long to hear the word of God, who want to know more about Jesus Christ. That's what our goal is. Remember, I told you back in January, I'm as excited for 2023. I am excited because the gospel is ready to be preached throughout the land. People are receiving it. All we got to do is say it. Say it. Yes, you're going to run across some that's going to say, I don't want to hear it. Okay. You're going to run across some who's going to patronize you. That's okay. You're going to run across some that say, yeah, I'll see you. They might and they might not. And then you're going to run across them that are going to accept it. And you don't know which one is which. So we have to give it to them all. We have to give it to them all. But we should be praying about the Holy Spirit guiding us in all of our actions. We should be praying that the Holy Spirit guides not only our actions, but our motives. Are we doing something to receive something? Are we doing something because it's right? Are we doing something because we want to pat on the back? What is our motives for helping? What is our motives for not helping? Because see, there's no prejudice in the gospel. 
The gospel is for God's creatures. Remember I told you to go outside and practice speaking to the rocks? It says preach to God's creation. Go outside, preach it. The birds will sing. And then when you see people, preach it there too. Don't be afraid because they can speak back. The birds spoke back, you just can't understand them. Our job is built upon prayer because he went to the Father. We're to rely upon the Holy Spirit. We're going to do greater works because he's indwelled us with the Holy Spirit and because we're going to see more people than he did. Our goal is evangelism. The works that I do shall he do also. The church's preparation is through faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus Christ alone. Faith in Jesus Christ alone. Greater things is a better translation than works. Greater things. Throughout Christ's entire ministry, we see the fulfillment of greater things than these shall he do. There are some who believe that Jesus meant that the individual believers can and should do spectacular works. Yes, this happened. But not consistently. And I don't believe anyone has walked on water like I said since Christ. Uh, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Jesus further explained how greater works work. If you ask it in Jesus' name, he will do it. Now, with that being said... You should not go before Christ and ask Him to bring wrath upon somebody else. See, when you're asking something in Jesus' name, you have to have the same mindset as Jesus. So if you're asking for wrath or you're asking for some great windfall or whatever, that's not how Jesus would pray. You ask not because you have not. Or you have not because you ask not. Well, you need to ask when you are in tune with God. If you're praying for God to heal somebody so that His kingdom will be advanced, that, He'll do it. If you're praying for somebody to come to salvation so that other people that they run around with can see the works of God, He'll do it. If you're asking God, Lord, let these numbers be the Powerball winner. Not so much. Not so much. Not so much. And there's a, another story I'll get into later. But to ask in his name or do anything in his name argues a unity of mind with his. A unity of aim and of motive. Let me rephrase it. To ask in his name or do anything in his name is to say that you're one with God. It is to say that you are all about him and you are so tight you can't be separated. And your motive is the same of Christ's motive. To honor God and advance the kingdom. Can we say that when we ask it in God's name about the things we ask for? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. These greater things Jesus promised would bring glory to both the Father and the Son. Prayers prayed with a 
prayers prayed with a passion for the glory of Jesus Christ the Father will truly be the in the name of Jesus and be the kind of prayer God will answer. When we collectively pray for the lost and the sick on our prayer list, people get saved, people get healed. Why is that? Because collectively our minds are focused on Christ through that task. If we can keep our minds focused on Christ, you would not believe the revival that would break out in Moore County. You would not believe the souls that would be saved and the lives changed. People plucked out of whatever the situation they're in. Whether it is addiction. Whether of any kind. Drugs, alcohol, food, pornography, whatever it is. You'd be plucked out of that position. Uh, whether you're feeling down and low upon yourself and have no self-esteem. God and the Holy Spirit can change that. Think about that when you have people who've been beat down and beat down so much that they believe that they're useless and they have no worth. Every human being has worth. They're made in the image of God. Everyone. And sometimes we shun those who are different than us. We shun those who sin different than us. We like people that sin the same sins we do. We tend to hang around them. But we tend to be very off-putting about the people who sin different sins than us. Oh, I ain't inviting them to church. They do such and such. Why are you going? You do this. I mean, it's, it's that simple. We're that caught up in our own selves and flesh that we refuse. We refuse to see the other side. Compassion. Until you're one in unity with God, you will never have compassion and love. So as you sit here today, and you ponder these things that we've talked about, where are you at in your walk? Do you need prayer? Do you need to rededicate your life? Do you need to make a decision for Jesus Christ? Do you need to come to the Lord? Do you need to ask for forgiveness for anything? Today is the day the Lord has made. Today is the day because the kingdom of God is near. And it won't always be near. One day the Lord Almighty is going to close the door to the ark of salvation forever. You don't want to be on a, light boat, a lifeboat outside the ark. You need to be in it. Come to the Lord today. Because we're not promised the next moment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. Lord, I ask that you would bless each one here. Give us the ability, Lord, to do the greater things through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, and through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and prayer that we're able to go out and be bold and powerful witnesses for you for the advancement of your kingdom, for your glory only. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.